nerd. 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 I'm not kissing a nerd. What is a nerd? Nerd! Holy crap, are we nerdy? What's up, nerds? Welcome to the latest episode of Nerdables. This week, Rich, Ethan, Mikey, and I discuss a new Star Wars casting, new video game TV series, spoiling a major comic release, and saying goodbye to a comics legend. We're here in California where it is 185 million degrees. We're now in hell. Yeah. No, hell would be... Literally 185 million degrees. (laughs) Yeah. Like, we're not... Hell is is cooler. Yeah. Trump is now pissed off the sun. I I told my girlfriend, I was like, I'm going to kill myself because I'm going to go to hell where it's cold. While she's in an ice, ice skating rink. I still love your post about the, <laughs> the two outlets. I always did the first like <laughs> the first like really big uh, hot day. That's one of my favorite memes. I'm not saying it's hot in my room, but two hobbits just came in and threw a ring down <laughs> and walked away. That is that's one of my favorite. The first time I saw that, I thought I was gonna like just die. Yeah, I like that meme. That's one yeah. of my favorite memes. That meme's really great. And it, <laughs> there's a, there's a site. It's like. It's something about puns. And it said, Koi fish always travel in groups of four because when a predator arrives, it never takes the A koi, the B koi, or the C koi. It always goes after the D koi. <laughs> and I, my mind just blew. That's like Arabella at dinner tonight. She goes, Hey, do you know what Michelle Obama's favorite uh, vegetable yeah, she's is? <laughs> Broccoli. <laughs> I almost Don't. lost it because. You know, she thought of this. An eleven-year-old thought of that joke on her own. <laughs> I was like, "That was good." Always goes after the decoy. <laughs> Blew my mind. It was great. So, uh, anyways, this has been memes, tons, so and <laughs> you started and the weather. Thing. Thanks for listening to Lord of Nerdables. The weather words. Nerdables. Are you gonna talk about Lord of the Rings? The Lord of the Rings one. Hey, do you want to do the uh, San Diego Comic Con disclaimer first? Disclaimer? Well, it's not really a disclaimer. disclaimer. I was like, disclaimer? I was going to do that. You know, announcement? I just figured to do it at the beginning when people oh, are no, actually you listening. Just, you no one listens to the beginning. <laughs> no one listens to the end. <laughs> See, it's I've got it worked in there. Oh, okay. Just, you trust we're me. doing the structured version of the yeah, show this week. we're doing the non-just jump around. <laughs> jump around. Jump we should around. have that in the background when jump, we do one of those jump, shows. We have around. a single topic show. We just put that in the back. Just jump it. around? Yeah, do House of Pain's jump around straight for like two and a half hours. Kind of like what we're doing for the whole beginning of the show. <laughs> Pretty much. The beginning's always unstructured anyway. <laughs> we could always go back to cursing. I listen to the old shows. Like, I think I listened to 63 and 64. I was kind of jumping around in it, speaking of jumping around, but I kind of miss when we were just filthy. <laughs> Get Travis on the show again. We'll be really filthy. Yeah, he just for the children. Well, no, it's it's if you have an explicit label on iTunes, it automatically drops you to the to the bottom. No, anyone puts in like nerd nerd talk, whoosh, all the way on the bottom. Exactly, eight thousand for ones. the children. We should do a children's <laughs> podcast. I want to do an episode where we have a bunch of the kids come on and they. What kids? Well, Arabella and like uh, so all, all the all the people that go to the movies with Ethan. <laughs> that sounds so creepy. It was creepy. He <laughs> went to Beauty and the Beast with a bunch of children. No, as a disclaimer, I, I, talking... I did not take children to the movie. As a, as a former, as a, a another disclaimer, they just ended up showing. He up. was outside in the mall and said, "Hey, kids, want to go to a movie?" No. And just started picking up a train of like the dwarves going after Snow White. Not and at just all. Just walked in. He paid for thirty kids to go to this movie. Not at no, I was, I, was talking, I was talking to Stephanie and her kids, and 
it's really interesting listening to kids' opinion of some of the heroes and like some of the movies like Star Wars, and listening to them tell you what Star Wars. How they is hate about. Last Jedi and ruin their lives. <laughs> no, but I mean, and they want to go back to George their, Lucas's. Their opinion of the is so different than what adults see when they watch a movie like yeah, that. Yeah, those those movies aren't made for kids anymore. They're just dumb. <laughs> It's like Joy. Someone, someone asked on one of the pages. Oh, it was one of the GI Joe pages. Like, what would you do if you were in charge of Hasbro? How would you save GI Joe? And the first person said, "I'd make it about the kids again." I said, "You can't make a war toy about kids." That's right. That, that was. And, the- and, and then, I, and then the next thing I said is, there aren't action figures for kids anymore. When was the last time you saw a kid walk into? Just stand in Target's toy aisle and see if a kid picks up any of even the five point articulation Star Wars toys. They just don't. Yeah. They just don't. They're not interested oh, in it at all. I was in Morocco. Marvel. Marvel has one of the that all those different sizes and different lines and everything. They all fail because they never from movie to movie they don't interact in terms of sizing. Yeah. The new Avengers figures that are in like that five inch sort of the midway thing. It doesn't work with any of the stuff they've had before or any of the stuff after. Remember when Guardians of the Galaxy had those little two inch guys? Yep. Like. Nothing of this well, stuff. Did you did you notice with Avengers Legends and kids don't buy Legends? For I was gonna say, did you notice that the the Avengers line that came out had no three and three quarter? Right, they haven't been Infinity gave up War. three and three quarter a long time ago. Um, I was in uh, Target in Monrovia uh, on Fourth um, of July, and fourth, 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 fourth. Their toy fourth. section is seven rows across, two deep, two aisles deep. It's so they have nothing. It's huge compared to any other Target or Walmart I've been in. Is it in the new design? Yeah. Because the new, the, the, the new, the, where they have the Lego, the, where they have the U. No, it's the, got the, the the half gondola in the middle. Okay, there where you know where the, the newer newer designs they have a toy they have a uh, right in the middle of the kids section of the clothing they have like a, a like a center aisle that oh, has. Oh yeah, they've been that for a while, but no, the toy sections are getting redesigned. The toy the sections in, they're they're doing the one in Northridge on Balboa. Yeah. This so. Um, Lego is now a big open yes. area, and it's a it's tall gondolas which make a U. And then there's a short gondola in the middle, mm-hmm. about half half high, that has whatever you know whatever um, there. Camarillo's like that. Is, is that what Camarillo did? I know Camarillo did three. Yeah. Too. So then they have, and some of their aisles are higher and lower than others. Yeah. But this one, it was, I mean, it was huge. I hadn't been into a toy section in a big box store like that that was that big in years. Yeah, the problem is, there's no product for it. That, that was a problem. I mean, they had a lot of Lego. You know, Star Lego's Wars was the still. Thing that they've really. Really, the only Target two, the only two toys no. that they've pushed towards is Lego and cars. Yeah, you know, toy cars. They've got a ton of. Well, yeah, I mean, look at look at the one we have out here. There, you know, yeah. one aisle is Lego, and you have another aisle that's all t- cars. Then you go into Star Wars, Transformers, whatever they're putting as you know, like Jurassic World is their main thing. And then on the other side, you have you know. That's the problem with those lines. It's something like Jurassic yeah. World isn't going to sustain itself to the end of the year. I mean, I'm glad it put out what it put out so far because those dinosaurs are amazing. Yeah. But it's something that by October, by Christmas, isn't going to exist. But yeah, yeah, I mean, they had because you know how they have the end cap for they had the end cap for Avengers, back for Avengers movie, yeah. and then they had the end cap for uh, Jurassic World. Now, yeah. they had both of those end caps because they had so much room still. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that was a crazy. It's like they built it for Christmas already. Cause yeah, exactly. Well, a lot of the retailers now that Toys R Us is gone are trying to pick up. On that toy market now, so I feel like a lot of retailers at Toys R Us Dawn is actually cutting it, just basically saying we'll leave it no, to. Target has said that they wanted to expand their toy sections now. Yeah, but I'm wondering what they're really expanding it to, because the the I think what they want to capture from Toys R Us 
is the baby and toddler section mm-hmm. because that's the most profit because so much of that stuff is non-licensed. Yep. Yeah. So you don't have to pay the, the toy company doesn't have to pay a premium to make, you know, baby Star Wars stuff or baby Marvel stuff. They can just make bears and crocodiles and whatever. Yeah. And that savings gets passed on. Yep. So you had topics, right? I did have topics. Toys was one of them. Uh, <laughs> toys is always a topic. Toys is always, that is true. <laughs> well, toys we, and Star I thought after we did the the, the uh, State of the Toy Union, we were never going to do a Toys. <laughs> we don't. We don't talk about that. One. <laughs> no, the State of the Toy Union one was okay. It wasn't it was like bad. The, it was the Toy Fair one. That it was, was the one we called. I think we called it Toys, Toys, Toys. It was just like that. so dreadfully it was so, bad. Yeah, the State of the Toy Union was interesting because we talked about like what we would do. Right. And then you and I were talking back and forth about the fact like toy companies don't give a damn what you want. Exactly. You know, yeah. That sort of thing. Anyway, yeah, Star Wars is the other topic we always talk about. Um, And then we have the first new major casting news for the upcoming Episode 9, directed by J.J. Abrams. Variety is reporting that... That I can't read my own writing. I thought that's a TMNT. I was like, "What the hell am I talking about?" Uh, Variety's reporting that the TM- turtles are going to be turtles. In Star Wars. Yeah, that they've gone off the rails. They've decided, you know what? We're not going to do anything Star Wars. Just well, you guys hate we're our story so much. We're, we're going to do a gonna... turtles movie in space. In space. Uh, did they do one? No, they did. Not they a... did an entire season of the cartoon in space, yes. and it's amazing. Uh, David Tennant uh, did the, one of the ones. Oh, no, the, the, the Turtles showed up in Power Rangers in space. The, the Power Rangers show, once it like, left off the main Mighty Morphin, went up to space. And the Turtles had a crossover in that episode. They did? They did. When the Turtles were having had what? that live-action show on Fox. When oh, they my had, God, I forgot that existed. Yeah. The live, because that's where they introduced Venus. Yeah, Venus was in that, but I forgot it was like there. That, wow. So, Turtles were in space. Okay. okay. There were Power Rangers in space. And live-action, huh? Yeah. Also in space, uh, actress Carrie Russell. Yes. Cast in an unknown role that calls for, quote, action-heavy scenes, end quote, Russell, of course, previously worked with director J.J. Abrams on the TV series Felicity and J.J. Abrams' featured directorial debut in Mission Impossible 3. Variety and Lucasfilm have not made any comment on her role. So the rumor mill is open, boys and girls. Well, this just dropped like a couple hours ago. Well, it's been rumored for the last couple days. I saw it on Thursday that she's a metachlorine. It wasn't confirmed, Uh, though. Right. Today, Variety confirmed she is officially cast. They mentioned that there will be... They're looking for two or three more major roles right. that are new cast. Did you just say she's a Medichlorian? Yes. She's a single Medichlorian. Yes. Oh, she's like Galactus in Fantastic Four. She's all the She's all the Medichlorians put together. She's a super Medichlorian. I honestly think, and Ethan made this comment, and I, I, I totally agree that she's the new leader replacing Leia and Holda. I feel like she's too young. I don't think so. But I don't see her in that kind of role at all. No? What would you no. think? Is I don't gonna, know. she going to be like a Jedi? You want to know what my fear is? <laughs> She's Mara Jade. She's Mara Jade. Well, cause because they, they were, ca- they, they they were casting. There's a Mara in it. Yes. No one's ever confirmed that that exists. Someone's, someone had said that there's a casting that, that it was listed as Mara, but no one's been able to say that there's a name well, attached to it. Well, she did play a spy, so... But do you think she's old enough to be... Daisy version? Daisy Ridley's mother. No. If they're gonna make Got Mara it. Jade, Daisy. There's uh, the hope. Because then, because then she would also oh, have been married 40s, to right? Luke. She had, or, she had Daisy. She would have gotten with Luke. Presumably. We. She could pull off. Yeah. <sighs> That's a big issue. I mean, if you're if you're gonna if you're gonna put her in as Mara Jade, 
hypothetically. Well, again, they don't have to follow what the EU story is. True, but if you're going to do that, then you're going to kind of make Rey related to Luke. I don't think so. I don't know. I mean, it would be interesting that if it is, if she is her mother, which would be really odd still, because when I look at it, I'd go, Carrie Russell's not. Well, again, enough. let's also remember. I mean, she the is, other, but the other rumor is that Ewan McGregor is playing Obi Wan Kenobi in a role. Yeah. Or again, I still think that's. That I still is. think that's a holocron or Force Ghost. That's is is there a flashback sequence? Is there? God, please no. A time travel sequence? So we don't know where Fel- where Felicity. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess yes. if you want to talk about characters, where we know where Carrie Russell's character. Also so talk Finn gets into. the time stone, and they go back in time. No, no unfortunately, no. unfortunately, no. Star Wars did introduce time travel yeah. in the Rebels cartoon. That the uh, Force has the possibility through whatever this... But they also... Is. I mean, that was really weird because they Kylo said... Kylo Ren gets the Infinity You, you can't change time, but then you also... He did change time when he pulled when he pulled Ahsoka back from uh, from Vader's blade. You could, make, you could make the argument that that... He didn't change anything because that was always destined to happen. That's true. But yes, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very... Uh, it's a very sketchy iffy topic because the one sci-fi trope they haven't succumbed to so Doctor Who is going to show up in episode (laughs) 9 with the TARDIS it's just like Doctor Who where you have fixed points that have to happen right so you can't change fixed points you can't go back in time and kill Hitler it has to happen damn Sorry, you can't go back in time and put well, Hillary. Ethan's in. weekend plans are scrapped. <laughs> Seriously, you can't. I bought that Infinity Gauntlet for nothing. That's not a TARDIS. We were just talking about Doctor Who. We had nothing to do with Infinity well, talking, Gauntlet. That's just time travel. And yeah. I know you mentioned yeah. the time stone. It has before. a time stone. You could get a, You could get Doctor Doom's time platform. Yeah. It's a time machine. It's just a little board. Hmm. Because it was easy to draw. You could go get a DeLorean and, you know, put a flux capacitor in it. All right. So we don't see this movie for another year and a half. (laughs) The rumors are just going to be... That's the thing is, usually, it it seems like a lot of those characters uh, get named or come out at Celebration. Right. And or the Vanity Fair cover Cover, story. Which will probably coincide with each other next April? It is April. April? It's two weeks after the big... WonderCon, C two E two, Wizard World or whatever it is weekend. Wizard World. Because well, it's, we it's in Chicago, that, so that means we've got nearly a year right. of people screaming that she's Mara Jade. And nearly a year because the movie hasn't even started production yet. Well, sorry, and then when it, I mean it, it hasn't, but it hasn't started principal photography. Yeah, it hasn't started shooting. And then when it's not, they'll be all upset. We should have gotten George Lucas's Bug movie. His butt movie? Bug. Bug. His idea. We don't need to see Lucas's butt movie. Again, totally going off on a tangent, we have an artist that we sort of know, someone we've met at at a number of cons, who posted the image from the companion book for for James Cameron's sci-fi series, like the history of science fiction. Yeah. George Lucas quoted that that his idea for the last trilogy was to go meet the midichlorians or whatever and come full circle to this connection of the Force, and now you have these idiots, the most Jedi was stupid because it made me think who've hated midichlorians for two decades all of a sudden going I want that movie instead that would have been so much better really so Ant-Man is a step ahead of it then going into the well no because Ant-Man doesn't have the force yeah that's true well well, so is that what we'll talk about that when you've seen it those guys that are uh, 
campaigning to remake the Last Jedi? Is that what they're trying to? No, do? no, no. The campaigning to make re- to remake the Last Jedi is to make it with no vagina. Luke, uh, Luke has this gigantic monster penis. That's a lightsaber. That's a lightsaber at some points. And him and Han Solo, Han Solo's back from the dead because he's just too cool. Because Luke, and they was... just bro around the galaxy for two and a half hours, like just slamming chicks, and they destroy the Empire. Chuggy Mountain Dew. And there's nothing left. There's no third movie anymore because Dude. But see, these guys were okay with the Force Awakens. It's they just weren't that... okay enough with the Force Awakens. So uh, my they're question go is, from the Force Awakens and make sure they're going to fix the one thing that's wrong with the Force Awakens, which is we deserve to have Han and Luke together in another movie because we're fans and that's what we wanted. So how are they going to fix Leia? Because you know, I mean, they don't care about Leia. She has a vagina, <laughs> dude. Because you can't bring Leia back. Dudes with gigantic balls and lightsaber penises that are the size of tree trunks. Did you see the poster? That's, oh, the poster is the best. The, the <laughs> The poster's amazing. No, this is a this is a subset of people that after they saw this article about what George Lucas did, it was like, well, that would have been better than what Disney did. I don't understand why. But we really wish George had hold on, held on to it. Mm-hmm. Because when you go to him and go, you want $4 billion? No, I want to make a movie about bugs with money I don't have. Um, they, they, should, they want him to do that. The yeah. guy that they've been killing for 20 years for making the prequels, and at the stupidest line in all three of the movies, which is really saying something. No, midichlorians are bugs in your system that tell you about the Force. That's how we connect to it. What? Well, they're symbionts. <laughs> yeah, you know it better than I would. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but the funny thing also with that is that, you know, George Lucas, when he got ready to sell it, he said, you know, making Star Wars was no, no longer fun. That was one reason why he sold it. Yeah, I don't think it's been fun for Disney either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's part of the problem with all these guys. There's no fun in it anymore because I'll sell I it back to Lucas. It. We don't yeah, want but the solo movie Lucas was nothing but, but a fun, just a fun ride along yeah, movie. Yeah, but because of Last Jedi, I can't see it because it's dumb, because Last Jedi was dumb, because I'm afraid it's going to make me think. And it's not going to be. But see, and it's not the Han Solo I had in my mind that I masturbated to for 25 years. But you know, and go, going back to our. Last Jedi review show, which was as long as the freaking movie. It was longer. It was um, 40 instead of 230. I, but I went into that really not. I mean, I, I had my. Okay, I didn't like the movie when I first. When saw you it. first saw it, you didn't like it because you didn't get what you wanted, especially specific to a character. But having, and I've yes. heard, I, I understand that with some people, but to go farther, and even if you had watched it a couple other times, like I really want that Luke. Yeah, but. You know, okay, that's the movie I got. I don't enjoy it as much as I wish I would have, but it's still there. Isn't the same attitude as I pretend that movie doesn't exist. And it's gone so much. Right. I mean, I feel like those people have a reaction to that film like a lot of people had a reaction to Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, which became a joke of there's only three Indiana Jones movies. Right. And that's kind of where that ended. Nobody screamed and hollered, you know, we, we, we need to fire Steven Spielberg. We need to get a good director to do Indiana Jones 4. And then they're like, well, no, we'll hire Steven Spielberg to do Indiana Jones 5. Because for some reason, now we think it's going to be better. Um, the reactions are so different just in the 10 years since Kingdom of the Crystal Skull came mm-hmm. out. Where the idea is, th- this doesn't exist the way I want it to, and that's not okay. Right. We all, but here's it, a- we're talking about some of the things that we brought up when we talked about Ready Player One, of people unable to accept reality versus how they want reality to be. Yes. And so we have, I have the power to change it because I'm on the internet, and I can scream at everybody. And if I can convince someone like Chris, who loved Last Jedi, that he's wrong for loving Last Jedi, I've got enough people to make Lucasfilm fire Kathleen Kennedy because she has a vagina 
vagina, fire whoever's in the story group because they have vaginas, and make the bro movie that I need because that's what the world is all about. Mm-hmm. But here's, and here's the thing. Movie that, yeah. that it's just it's interesting and different, and it really isn't all that different. And no. you and I went into the film probably with the same thing of thinking, I kind of think I know what's going to happen. And when it doesn't, when he throws the saber over his shoulder, yeah. you're either in or out. The first time you saw it, you were out. The first time I saw it, I was in. Mm-hmm. And so that, and as you go to see it more and more times, your 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 perception of it changes in in many ways. Well, the, the whole the scene book helped having the reading other the book people helped. talk about the 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 especially for the timeline of, of Rose and Finn or the storyline for Rose and Finn having other people analyze it that it's really Finn's Jersey Jersey Gee, wow journey versus you know it's Finn's uh, journey to becoming Ray 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 to I'm a rebel I'm right. a resistance fighter I'm actually going to do something about this and then even Rose saving him from that compunction of being mm-hmm. just as fanatical as the first order is right because well, when I first when I first saw it I was like well this is it's just pointless because they don't accomplish anything but going back seeing it and even reading it it's like Oh no! It does accomplish something. It it's Finn's character arc is what yeah. it accomplishes. It's a character movie, which Empire is yeah. too. But, but they also the thing is that nothing really works. Is almost Ryan Johnson saying this is the new reality of, of movies. It's new the reality of Star. We can't think that all of these crazy schemes are going to work. If you go back in time and look at 1983's Return of the Jedi, that shouldn't work at all. Right. None of it. You have teddy bears fighting a legion of highly trained, highly armed Imperial troops, but you accept it because you were seven right and that's just the way the world was then you can't release and now you accept it now because you you had it for 40 years if you were to release return of the jedi now that film would be hated even more than than last jedi because it's so quote-unquote dumb but what we expect the thing about last jedi that makes that whole movie make sense is the scene with luke and yoda yeah that's where Yoda's the heart and soul of that movie. Where basically Yoda's telling you what he's telling fans is you gotta, you gotta accept what we did before, but we what we failed at before we need to change as we go forward. Yes, fantastic. And, and he and he on, honestly at that point says uh, no. Harry Russell is playing Yoda. <laughs> Yaddle, they're bringing Yaddle back. That would be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> A female Yoda. We're gonna have well, no. I don't want any vaginas in it. <laughs> You don't want any color. You don't want any ethnicity. You don't. You just want no vaginas. If they have a, they have a gay Jewish black woman in episode nine, fans' heads are going to explode. <laughs> I'm a sorry. Gay, a gay, a liberal. Gay, a gay trans black Hispanic liberal woman. Yep. It'll like just. That'll. And, and she's a Jedi. And, and she's Mara Jade. Boom! Everybody's, and she's a Jedi who's never received any training, and she beats Kylo Ren. And you call her Mara Jade. No, that would just be completely no, you, you the internet. Me, you you would see the flower. internet meltdown at that point. You call her Flower. Flower. Her name is Flower. <laughs> Why Flower? And she doesn't. Trans. She doesn't identify with any gender. Exactly. She's trans. She's questioning. She's the Q on the LGBT. Well, basically, spot. that was Holdo. Yeah, I mean, if you well, Holdo's Holdo's sexuality doesn't mean anything in the film. In that film, no. Yeah, and that's part of the other problem is when we connect ourselves to these films now, with what we've gotten in in uh, this expanded information that you get. Yeah. They don't give it to you in the film, and we don't accept that anymore. If you had to learn everything about Holdo and everything about Snoke and everything about Rose and everything about Rose's sister and everything about DJ in one film, that movie would be nine and a half hours long. Sure. 
you know, we're Iron Man three is in the background here when you know when you don't find out everything about the Mandarin. Yeah. In one in one spot, it's just what they give you because that's what they can give you. Yeah. So. But I mean, but knowing with these other media that where you can get you know. Canto, Canto Bite and, you know, The Journey of Luke Skywalker. Yeah, the, I mean, The Journey of Luke Skywalker, I tell you what, that one right there, if you, if you read that and then go watch Last Jedi, it will change your opinion of Last Jedi, too. Because either Luke that or, talks or, about in there. Well, also, either that or it enhances your opinion. Yes, I can. But because, just because it's like, look, he was so great and perfect and amazing, and then he turns. But into Luke this. says to him, "You know, everybody saw me as this great yeah. power. Uh, he had no choice but to leave, because everybody expected him just to solve it for him." Yeah, he could have solved it. All he had to do was cut off Ben Solo's head. <laughs> that was the hey, only problem. Hey, Han. Yeah. So. Um, I thought about killing your son. Uh, no, you know Ben's Ben. Well, Ben's not okay. Uh, yeah, I, I yeah, I chopped his head off. So uh-huh. the, the, the yeah. cabin he was okay. sli- sleeping in uh, just kind of collapsed. No, again, let, let me do the joke and let me finish. Uh, that it. was and the only. Over. That was the part that I had the most trouble with. In the that's movie. the best part of the whole film. Is Luke's decision, uh, Luke's almost decision to, because that would have turned him to the dark side. Second of regret. No, I, I yes. He knows it as soon as he does it, but that's, it's the fallibility. He's not perfect. Right. He he is someone who is not. He has that moment and that whole we, – we talked about it all that night – of the uh, the kind of generational gap that I think informs this type of film is consciously or subconsciously is the fact that he, he sees the darkness in Ben and doesn't talk to him about it. He just right. decides I'm going to kill him. Yeah. Because he admits uh, that he had seen it before. He had seen it in training. He had seen yeah. it in these different places and he decided I'm going to invade his privacy. I'm going to invade his mind. He knew Snoke was already in there, and he saw the future of what he could become, and then he fulfilled the destiny of his own and turned Ben down the path that he went down Yep. rather than trying to fix it. No, I yeah, and I, I, I see that now, but when I first saw it, my initial reaction was like, that's not Luke Skywalker. That's not, and that's it's what... not, but that's what makes it so interesting. Right, but that's where a lot of people fell off the rails with this movie. It's like, no, that's not Luke Skywalker. That's not the Luke Skywalker I want. And no, you can't do that. I don't like this movie. Period. Go back and watch it again. No, I watched it again. No, I'm not talking. No, that's what I'm saying. No, I'm these idiots that are still screaming about it. They've seen it six or seven. Oh, sure. Yeah. I hate this movie so much. I'm just gonna watch it six or seven more times. Oh, I hate it. Look at this. It's so stupid. I gotta get on the TV. There's a joint in this movie. I don't like Holdo because her hair is a different color. I don't like her. I like Poe Dameron because he's so fucking cool. He's so amazing. And they should listen to him. What time was that? That he? Yeah, it's on there somewhere. Twenty-six minutes. There we go. We'll, we'll, we'll put we'll put a Poe Dameron over that. Poe Dameron. Okay. Six, so what else you got for us? No. Well, well, we haven't really discussed Carrie Russell. What, what do you do? You think she's going to be Mara? Do you think that that's going to be my to- fear is that it's Mara, but I don't know. I, I mean, it, it's such a undefined role. You don't really know what's. You don't think she's like a uh, leader of another, you know, armada out in the, you know, the rebel. No idea. Like that's, that's the that's the best part. Of it. You have I no idea. I think she'll be a good addition to the cast because she's a good actress. So. Uh, I think so too. Yeah, she could be a first order actress. But she was a Mickey Mouse clubber. She could be. God. Maybe she's reprising her role of Felicity in space. 
Felicity. And yeah, well, it, just because you put in space at the end of it doesn't necessarily mean it's a good thing. Yeah. Greg Grunberg was in that show, so <laughs> that's true. That is true. Yeah. Get a, get everyone that ever's worked with J.J. Abrams in the show. <laughs> Tom Cruise is in it. You can throw the Maggie Q's Pink in Ranger there. in there. Yeah. What if... Oh, that's right. She was in Felicity. Was what if the cast of Firefly shows up with the Firefly with Serenity in it? And it blows up? That'd be because awesome. at that point, be Disney will, should be owning Fox. Again, I don't think they care. I don't think they care. I literally don't think they care I know, about anything just, about. I'm just getting you going. I know, I just, I, they don't care anything about those media properties. And they will eventually, but I don't think they'll do anything. Before and then the alien shows up, and then the predator shows up. Well, then you, then we can finally the you, you shared the thing about the, the lightsaber going through the cap shield. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but now we can know if a lightsaber goes through an alien, does the does the acid blood still come out, or does it cauterize what's in it already? You don't see blood with a lightsaber because it cauterizes, it cauterizes the wounds. So we got to get the actor who portrayed one of the aliens and Mark Hamill to have a discussion. I'm pretty sure they're all there. Did you did you see it where uh, Bob said uh, it was really weird opening up my Twitter and seeing a post-it note that I'd written my son show up and Mark Hamill and Chris Evans are arguing about it. <laughs> No. So at first I thought it was it was like Chris Evans' Twitter that put it up there. Like that was him going, right. I no, was this a, what happened. The father, his son asked yeah. him the question, yeah. and he put it up on his Twitter, and then it just snowballed, and a lot of people were just tagging both Mark Hamill and Chris Evans. I don't know what the and answer would be, finally, but I'm sure it would be, let's remake Last Jedi because it's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so Showtime has officially announced a series pickup of a live-action series based on the Xbox game Halo. Kyle Killen, Kylan, Killen, oh, Kylan, uh, of Awake fame is serving as a showrunner, executive producer. Rise of the Planet Apes director Rupert Wyatt has been announced as helming multiple episodes and also acting as an executive producer. The show will consist of 10 hour long episodes for its first season. And it'll follow the coven versus the humans or anything. What do you I think of getting a Hilo show? A Hilo? A Hilo show. Ah, uh, well, let me tell you what. Is that is that a spinoff of uh, Highland? Yes. I feel Halo would have better been served as a movie rather than a series. So I disagree. I, with I feel like I think they should just put Red versus Blue up and just be done with it. I feel like the it's just. It's going to be one of those shows that they're just going to try to fill and fill and fill, and then it's going to go on for 12 seasons. I don't see that. I see I see them and running like... boring after the third. Well, I see them running like a five or six season. It's, a, it's an interesting concept because one of the reasons that a lot of people think Halo succeeds is that its story is so strong. In addition to it being, a, you know, especially when it first came out, you know, kind of a, a next next level shooter. I I, st- I think it can work. You're just gonna get space marines, you know. You're gonna, you're gonna space get marines. Uh, you're gonna get space battles, and you'll have Master Chief possibly in it, or he'll show up. See, know, that's and, that's and why because Master Chief seems to have like the least. And again, not having played all the games, he seems to have like the least in terms of like a character that would translate like following master chief is the easiest thing in the world because he just puts on the armor and kills people right well, kills yeah. I mean, but well, see but the, the game has expanded way past just master chief anymore. right right 
you have you have other characters that they've now defined. Well, that was part of my question. What would you expect from it? Are they going to follow Master well, yeah, Chief? Are they going to follow a brand new character? They're going to have to because you know people are wanting a live action version of Halo for so long that if it doesn't have Master Chief, it's up in arms. Everybody. I'm not saying Master Chief can't be in it, but he's not. But the no, main it has, character. he has to be the the main focal point. I don't think so. I think you could start it after Master Chief. You could do whatever you want. I'm telling yeah, you, but I'm not, fans will not accept it if it's if not you Master do Chief. it after Master Chief. So saying that Halo, the Halo games exist almost in continuity with this, and then you start this with them honoring Master Chief. You know, that he, he at a statue unveiling ceremony or something, where how he was such the 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 leader against the Covenant, and he you know he was. You know what has brought us to the point we are now, and you're progressing past that. I think fans would accept that because you acknowledged Master Chief. So now you don't have you don't have to worry about keeping somebody in an armor that you keep, you know, that you don't see their face. That you know that. That was gonna be my next question because if you do it, Master Chief, you know, you don't tell you can't show who it is. How do you? Well, you don't need to get a named actor to play. No, I don't think you do. But it's like. It seems like some of the lore of Master Chief in the games that you never see him. Correct. Yeah. Well, it's like Judge Dredd. When you read the comics, you never know what his face looks like. But, but I, I, st- I still think you, you can do it after Master Chief. And if you honor Master Chief within that first episode, the fans will accept it and they will say, okay, we're moving on. Well, do you do something after the games you've already released, even though you know that you're going to continue to make games? Or do you start with whatever starts this conflict? But see, even, the first even well... Game? You could do that. Or you, the first, that's so the other thing is you could go before. You know the story before. You could go right? before Master Chief. So in the first one, they're already... In battle with in, the Covenant. Yeah, and then they find the Halo. Because it's about the ring around this planet, right? Um, the first game? They're fighting over the the Halo ring. Okay. But they, they do find it, and now it's the you know who's take, going so to take is control. So this, is this series how they find the ring? You could do you that. You have the first season being that they're or you know where this conflict starts, and then the end of it is you know the last episode is finding this planet with a ring around it. You could do that where you're building up to if Master Chief, to Master Chief and the Halo, and pe- uh, people would accept it. I think. So you, as Beyonce single ladies is the theme song. That that's what that would be amazing. <laughs> that's what Cortana's playing <laughs> in his ear all the whole time. You theme song. If you like this planet, put a ring on it. <laughs> it is Cortana. And, uh, because see, here's the other thing. In the game, or in the game now, they've passed the point where they've really been battling the Covenant. You know they now. Well, even in the second game, doesn't like a faction of the Covenant become your yeah, ally? Yeah, you, you have you have a brute, flood. and you have some others, and then it becomes basically you're both fighting the flood, and the flood's taking over. Oh, flood, I hate the flood so much. See, that's the other thing is how do you include the flood into it? You don't have to. But then you're just doing zombies in space. Which maybe they do because somehow in this episode everything is ending with in space. <laughs> that's it's, the title of our be tough in Nerdables in space. <laughs> so we talk about Batman in the next one. That's gonna be tough because <laughs> he's not in space. Oh, we'll find a way. Yes, but we do talk about Spider-Man in a degree, and he is in space. Maybe he's oh, yeah, dust in space. I didn't. I didn't put. Uh, well, that was because that was two weeks ago, um, <laughs> or three weeks ago. So. 
in, ter- in terms of is this something well of course it will look like based on the quality but even the idea of a Halo series is it something that would get you to add well, so to your Microsoft package? tried something like this with their online streaming or whatever. They they tried they, Powers and it was terrible, and then they lost. No, that, no, was, that PlayStation. was PlayStation. But that was no, but PlayStation. Xbox did a Halo show. No, or movie or something. The, the, for years they've been trying to do a Halo sh- movie, and the rights have been passed around and everything like this. It was like a CG movie, but it was yeah, it, it was based in the Halo universe. Yeah, I, I think some of losing that is just going, uh, this is going to be dumb. Well, here, here's you the other the thing. Final Fantasy movie that nobody watched. Here's the other thing is there's already Halo characters that have been rendered now for a movie because they, they had them in Ready Player One. Mm-hmm. So now that's one less step that Showtime has to do with it. They just grab those files, bring them over, Maybe. and... I mean, you may want to design it on your own. That's one of the things of doing something like this is, as, as a an IP that already has some of the most of the design work done is your pre-production is all but non-existent. Yeah. You know, what is the Spartan armor going to look like? Press play. Yeah. What is, what are the dropships going to look like? Press play. What is the warthog going to look like? Press play. If you do a great, it'd be interesting if they, if they, how practical the show would be, like how many practical effects you would have to actually build a warthog. Cool. Well, that wouldn't be too hard. That's just you, simply cool. You just take the body. I'm not, I'm not saying whether it's hard or not. It'd just be cool to see. Yeah. Versus them going, yeah, we'll just do everything in CG. But the, the other thing is you could do this where it wouldn't be that expensive. Because, I mean, you, you know, you, I mean, you've had people building, you know, Halo armor now for years for cosplay. <laughs> Speaking of Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> but you could do – if you do ground battles and things like that and do them, you know, in small environments – and just like let's say you know this this arc we're focusing on this squad and this squad is in the trenches on planet x battling you know do you feel like the odst will lend itself more to this series than i think Master so Chiefs? i oh, i think so yeah would you want to see characters from the game or would you want to see the game stay as continuity with new characters that are acting in space around them you know even whether you said it before i think it'd be more interesting if you keep the games in continuity with it either before or after i think i think that to me i mean it is a war they're not they're not not just fighting on that planet I, i think that way you it incorporates the games more into the series and allows for like star wars right the way we are with the star wars universe now where if you're reading the journey of luke skywalker and you know the tale of princess leia or you know uh dr afra you know or while playing battlefront 2 you know the, the campaign mode then you're expanding on your universe Whereas you're not just getting one, you know, or even like the Marvel movies and stuff, where you, if you watch the TV well, series, and recognize him. He looks like weird in this movie. <laughs> when, when you're watching the TV series and everything, you're getting all of that extra stuff being put in, so that now your world is instead of this one little eggshell, it's just grown into this carton. So, yeah, I, I think that you leave the games in continuity. One little eggshell that's grown into it's this a carton. carton. So you know, you have one egg, and but now you have a carton of eggs or a carton of eggshells. Why would you sell cartons of eggshells? <laughs> Look, if, you, if you're buying a carton and it's just got eggshells in it, it's not, that's not, you don't want to bring that it's, home. It's eggshells in space. There you go. What does that do with space? I have no idea. We've just been putting in space on the other everything. Well, in space, you don't get eggs, you get eggshells. In space, you also can't hear your screen. <laughs> 
Well, see, you can't use screen because all you're getting is by almost every single sci-fi movie ever that there's sound in space. But if you're only getting eggshells, you scream. We all scream for ice cream. The only accurate scene in Last Jedi is when she blows up the Star Destroyers because it's without any sound because there's no sound in space. Yeah, we hated that part because I thought the sound went out of the movie theater. Like sound. But I wanted my money. I love that part because one of the girls died because I hate her because she has pink hair and she's gay. So what else you got for us? I got more topics. More topics? Did yeah. you put Ultraman on there? No. Why not? Because it was all in Spanish. <laughs> I don't know what the hell was going on. Ultraman's getting a TV series, an animated TV series on Netflix. Good for him. Is he it didn't like every, every, it. I've never seen Ultraman. Really? Yeah. Not even the old, the old Japanese? Uh, My, oh. The Japanese stuff I watched when a kid was pretty much Robotech. But they, they did a live when action. It was, all, was like, it was Gundam, all like... Gundam, Gundam, Gundam. I was like, I don't even know what the hell that is. But the, the live action stuff they did was like the old... Uh, yeah, I know what it was. It looked like Godzilla films. No, it looked like Power Rangers. Well, Power Rangers, yeah. Yeah, never watched it. it was, I love those stuff. Yeah, oh. because you were like... Yeah, but you also watched Two and a Half Men to the end. <laughs> I watched How I Met Your Mother to the end, too. Yeah. You're, you're, not, you're not like the bar for quality entertainment. I like to go back and watch old sci-fi movies. Really cheesy sci-fi movies, too. The, the, the big podcast big, that I do sometimes that Doug, one of the co-hosts there, is all the new stuff. He has like every Dick Van Dyke on his DVR show, <laughs> and he watches those religious, religiously. He went to Rosemary's uh, estate sale. I've, I, I've met Dan, Dick Van Dyke. I've been to his house. Been in his house. His house is cool. Yeah, you, you weren't wa- there legally. I was actually. Yeah, oh, I got sure. to know him a little bit too. When you walk down his hall, it's like it's like walking through history because it's got like pictures of him and with all these you know different actors throughout the years. And somebody has pictures of themselves in the hallway. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, but it's it's amazing. Okay. You go into his office. You know, you walk down your hallway, you would think that everyone you're related to is an action figure. Everyone I'm related to is either with Marvel, Star Wars, <laughs> some superhero. <laughs> That's Batman my, that's my cousin Star Lord. That's Grandpa Batman. <laughs> that, that that's our weird cousin the Joker, which this we don't really a, talk about much. This, this tree is my Uncle Groot. Uh, you don't want to be around him. He's very touchy. Oh, did you see the, the somebody put up uh, where they cut a tree and they had like the little chunks of it? And they were I was Groot on all of them. The first comment was, "How did he write that? If that was Groot, Rocket wrote it with his his space penis." <laughs> Then it should have been this was Groot. Well, no, he's writing I was, uh-huh. even though it wasn't. But yeah, no, Dick Van Dyke's office, I mean, it's amazing too because it's just, it's like nothing but history. You're, you're sitting in there. It's well, that's what you get with old people. <laughs> it is. It's crazy. He's, he's funny as hell too. So this week's crazy comic book controversy uh, started Sunday when the New York Times spoiled Batman number 50. New York Times posted a page-by-page review of July 4th's release of Batman 50, spoiling the issues, wedding slash non-wedding. Readers, fans, and even writer Tom King were quite upset. DC responded to complaints by saying that they felt getting reading review copies to media outlets before East Coast shops spoiled it when they received the early issues on Monday for the holiday was the right move to make. Many retailers felt the spoiler completely destroyed any casual fan interest in the issue. So then the question becomes, one, how much does a spoiler hit? Even really retailers are pissed. Um, do you think casual fans aren't going to pick up an issue in which they already know the end of? Uh, 
And what do you think of the New York Times posting a review on Sunday for a book that doesn't come out on Wednesday? That okay, I think that's that's kind of. I mean, that's like that's messed up. That, uh, we, that's the question that came from everybody from the it was Butler that, did it. That you there know wasn't I mean? an, that there wasn't an embargo. Yeah, that seems to be the big thing. Is that uh, DC didn't demand a review embargo. A lot of the comic sites that got this issue early were posting uh, articles that were very spoiler redacted heavy. Yeah. You know, if you don't want to know, don't read this. Um, but New York Times just put it out. Here's Batman 50. And literally I just thought, I, at first I thought it was just really weird to have DC's wedding right on top of Marvel's wedding. Which, you know, that's a whole nother We got topic. two meteor movies within a month of each other. So. Yeah, it's true. I mean, somebody leaks something to somebody and... That's why we got two of them. But um, I'm really surprised that the DC giving you know giving it out early to to get a review didn't put some kind of you know like you said embargo in order in in, in order. Or it feels in, weird because I can't imagine DC would think that the review would help people picking it up. I think that's one of the big issues again uh, retailers yeah, have it. been upset i mean if you just put the cover out people are going to pick it up also that they've been marketing it as a wedding issue for three months um yeah it's it seems very weird i think that i think it's something that it came back to bite dc so now dc oh, has so, to get it's totally come back to bite them but they've had to they've had to, this is also one of those issues where they offered for people comic shops to buy exclusive covers yeah just thousands of dollars to hire an artist to do a cover thinking that collectors and <laughs> resellers uh speculatures would pick it up and a lot of those stores have gotten severely burned yeah by people canceling their orders i i think i think that i think the dc got burned on an idea and now they've had to go into defense mode well they're definitely in defense mode I think I don't. I don't think they expected the review to be so detailed. Yeah. But they expected a review. Yeah. And when it became something that ruined, you know, I mean, not necessarily. Well, I guess ruin, you know, it ruined, ruined your expectation yeah. for it. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. It would. It would be like Ryan Johnson telling you, "Hey, Luke Skywalker in this movie is an a-hole." Right. Luke dies in this film. Yeah. Well. I don't want to go see it now because I don't want to see Luke die. He doesn't really die; he just fades away. I know, but I'm just saying. You know, I mean, especially better since, to fade out than especially <laughs> since better to burn out instead of fade away. Yeah, especially since it's oh, that was an <laughs> Infinity War joke with a Star Wars. Oh, way too soon. Um, Spider-Man's gonna be okay. <laughs> hey, you remember when they announced that title for the new one that's coming? <laughs> Yeah, did you hear what the plot, where it may end up being? That he may be in London on vacation with yeah, some of his friends. Because they're filming some stuff over there. But this seems, it's kind of... Or at least that's where... Makes you wonder where the end of Infinity War 2 is, but anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Speaking of um, Batman, because here, here's the other thing, is the issue in and of itself, this is 50 issues into Tom King saying he has a 100-issue run plan. Right. And there's something in the issue that ties into all of the other issues that you've gone up to. So if you've been reading it forever, it's actually a fairly interesting issue. 
but you were hoping a lot of fans would come in and just pick that up and lead it into something. Sure. In a way, it leads into Catwoman number one, which also released this week, which is actually really good. Um, Joel Jones writes and draws. It's gorgeous. But the the feeling for me is why would you release why would you want anyone to review it and their their sort of dc's sort of counter is that is we wanted the new york times to do it instead of you know joe's east comics comic shop putting a picture on twitter going they don't even get married what the hell yeah it's we've talked about this before with someone like marvel that's that's there's their own events doing their own events. well it's, it's been spoiled yeah, everywhere I mean, there's almost no one that doesn't know anymore um mikey's going i didn't uh Mikey doesn't care. I, didn't know. I bought the issue though. <laughs> oh, did you? Yeah, but I would have bought it anyway because yeah. the art is cool. I didn't know, but I wouldn't have bought the issue. No, and see, that's the sort of that's the sort of thing that would have been my question to you is, if if you had gotten that marketing, if you'd seen, oh, he's gonna get married in fifty, and then Especially three the days woman. before someone told you, oh no, there's no there's no wedding, would you have still picked it up? Probably not. Yeah. See, that, yeah. and that's where that's where retailers upset saying that we lost everyone like Ethan but it wouldn't be on the fact of you know like oh it was spoiled for me I think it's just oh it wasn't a book that I was already getting but if this was something major I may have picked it up just as a part of you know being a part of my collection you know having that's a big part of Batman history but now it's like oh well it's not yeah it's like buying the the, one of the the things that I said with Marvel's uh, Marvel's gone through this slate of you know, we call double zero issue 600, you know, Daredevil 600 and Avengers, you know, whatever, is almost none of those are starts of storylines. They're the mm-hmm. end, mm-hmm. which is terrible to me. I The first Uncanny X-Men issue I picked up was 275 simply because it was one of those, you know, one of those 25 issues. Right. You know, 25, 50, 75, and 100 is always the, the four big ones. And it was the end of one storyline, the middle of another I got hooked, even though, you know, I didn't know what the hell was going on, but I figured it out. Right. Um, for something like this with Batman 50, it is a start to something in a way. And that's where, to me, that, that's kind of my, my issue with some of the retailers that are really like, well, there's nothing here. It doesn't end anything. It doesn't start anything. And I said, I think it does end something because it ends their engagement. It's start and it and starts, an end. Yeah. But it's, it's a start a- and, and, and especially if you read the end of it. The, the, the final page is kind of the surprise part of it and it kind of leads towards something else or should lead towards something else which I thought finally fascinating but if you're not reading the issue you're not reading 49 issues before it then the last page doesn't mean anything and that's part of the problem but I mean uh, it would be like you know reading I was going to say Moby Dick and then you know finding out okay look the, the whale dies at the end you know and you're going well does he no, I know. Spoiler book from 1849 but, uh, or whatever. I know. But you know it's kind of it's kind of one of those things where the the main reveal of the book or what has been publicized as the big reveal in the book gets spoiled it's like well you know okay why do I do I really want to pick this up now if I already know that you know the wedding's not happening do I really want to read this book even though I know the butler did it how did you know even though you could be how did it happen it would be the more the, the 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 interesting. It could be more interesting to find out how the butler did it, than it actually finding out that the butler did it. I think it. that's sometimes why. I really wish it, Sebastian was here because when Sebastian used to check in comics, he'd look at the last page every time because he always wanted everything spoiled. He wanted to go back and read it and figure out how to get to it. 
but it was always in a way. But you he's know, a, he's a. I mean, certain things. I think comic readers would do that. They still buy it because they want to read it. And see comic readers would, happened. but now now you're no. casual Batman fan or your your Batman fan of of the films and things like that who would see this as, ooh, here's a very special event that I could put this book away and it's going to mean something twenty years from now. Yeah, is going to go oh. Well, if they don't get married, then I have a cool cover. Yeah. I mean, for me, like, spoilers don't bother me as much as most people because, <coughs> like you say, like Sebastian or even Mikey was saying, that they like to see the story and how it got to that point or how, you know, that part of the spoiler becomes... If you it's know, something I don't story. normally pick up, sure, I don't give yeah. a crap. But if it's something that I've been reading, like yeah. Miss Marvel, mm-hmm. if something gets spoiled, I'm going to be pissed if I haven't read that yet and I she see it on there. Danny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what? I mean, like, but, yeah. I, I mean, didn't know after four. But, I mean, it, you know, I mean, it, it, Batman and Selena, Catwoman, it's it's one of the big romances or, sem- you know, pseudo romances in comic books mm-hmm. you know spider you know peter parker mary jane if you're if you're having an issue where and you've been leading up to the met the wedding of peter parker and mary jane and then in that issue <laughs> spoiler the devil gets rid of it 10 uh, years later <laughs> well that's it, it brought up a lot of stuff with with marriages and stuff like that because the only the only couple that seem to have ever stayed married is is reed and sue because right. even in the new 52 they split up clark and lois because mm-hmm. they made him into this like young hip jerk but they almost in a way admitted their mistake by bringing the adventures of Superman and Lois or the adventures of, of Lois and Clark, which was a miniseries that helped set up the characters that we now see in Rebirth. Right. Is saying that this kind of character seemed to belong together. The thing with Batman and, and, and Catwoman is we didn't really see, there was always kind of that flirty sort of thing, but you never really saw them as a couple that I remembered until New 52. Right. There's well, a spot yeah. in New 52, and I think, it's in, I think it's in Catwoman's book, yeah. You know, the clothes come off and the clothes stay on. Yeah. And they, you it's find Cat out that Catwoman number one, isn't it? I yeah. believe it is, yeah. And it's that she's, uh, she's sleeping with him. Yeah. And then here, they've kind of gone through that dance or whatever. And then but, there, but there's too. always been that, that dance. I mean, you, yeah. even the but films have like had the, it, the cartoons the, have had the, it. This is kind of like getting rid of any subtlety at all. You know they're a couple. Right. You know, at the very least, there's... there's. To me, the more, the inter- more interesting story would be them together and their characters not changing. Well, that's she's part still, of... She's still going on and being well, part a of thief this, and, you know, Part villain. of Batman 50's story, it, it's it's set up as a letter that they're each writing each other. Yeah. Uh, and on the eve of their wedding or to the wedding and what happens with Selina. And that, to me, it's a, it's a great Batman issue to me because it's really about the psychology of Batman, and that's what Tom King has been exploring for 50 issues. And you kind of have to get used to that idea is that it's, it's a very, I don't want to say odd book, but it's it's not just Batman goes and punches people. You know, right. That's detectives group for it. You know, it's a lot of this is the cool villain, and that's what Batman does. This is uh, Bat- Tom King's Batman is a very psychological book. Yeah. Batman oh. punches the wedding guest. <laughs> Batman punches the wedding cake. Where's your invitation? Batman chows down on the wedding cake. <laughs> sitting in a corner. Sitting, sitting on the altar eating the... Where is she? Batman Rachel! Runs. Wait, sorry. <laughs> Batman runs off with the wedding planner. And the Joker got away. <laughs> God. <laughs> the Joker in space. 
<laughs> so, anyways, there should be a Joker in space. That's gotta be a space story. That's what J- Jared Leto wanted. Well, no, I don't know. What Jared he's probably wanted. getting that because there's 50 Joker movies coming out, or 150 Joker. But yeah, movies. but he's gonna be he's gonna be Morbius. It's gonna be what? Who? <laughs> no, Morbius. As soon as it came out, uh, <laughs> Morbius. What was? <laughs> what was the thing we were trying? You were trying to come up with. You were trying to. Metallo. Yeah. <laughs> so you knew exactly what I was talking about. He kept trying to come up with a mixed race character. He kept calling him Metallo. <laughs> because as soon as it came out, I thought that's where my mind went. <laughs> Metallo, Metallo. <laughs> like, you mean Mulatto? <laughs> yeah. That, like, what the hell are you talking about? Uh, someone of mixed race is a <laughs> Superman villain. Well, no. Was it you I called said mulatto. Well, that's what it was. Yes. Yeah, you kept calling him mulatto. It's mulatto. No, it's men- Metallo. Metallo. He called him mulatto. That's what it was. Uh, so what's what's the name of the construction <laughs> I can't even get it out Because <laughs> all Morbius. I keep wanting like, want to say... Mor- no, it was Morbulus. Morbulus. He had an L in there somewhere. Yeah, it was Morbulus. Morbulus. So when the Constructicons come together... Yeah, I know. What does it form? Devastator. There we go. <laughs> That was fun. That was like a four-hour car ride. Oh, God, my mind was about to explode. I thought, I thought you were going to have an aneurysm in the passenger seat. <laughs> it would be amazing. You see my temples just like... <laughs> and they form... Uh, <laughs> you had all the other... Bruticus, Predacon... I didn't remember but I, even, had, I even had each one of the Constructicons. Yeah. I'm an overhaul. Yeah, I was like... <laughs> Come on, you can do, uh, just you, you had even the ones like in the later G1 series that nobody remembered. <laughs> yeah. It was like construct a couple of clists and you're like, what the hell is that? It's the six jets over you have afterburner and thrust vector and goose and maverick come together to make <laughs> thrust a couple of hiss. Goose like, and I don't maverick. remember that. I'm actually surprised they haven't done that. <laughs> Maybe in the Bumblebee movie that'll be Goose and Maverick. <laughs> Well, they are in the 80s, so... That's true. Do, 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 do. Who's playing his son? Miles Teller. Yeah, yeah, Miles Teller is Goose's son. Yeah. Wait, so in the, tra- in the Bumblebee movie... No! No, there's going to be... No, there's going to be a volleyball gun. scene between Goose and Maverick, Transformers... Bumblebee's shirtless. I can see them doing that with Miles Teller, though. Oh, yeah, so. totally. It's the most transformering, homoerotic scene you've ever, you've ever witnessed. <laughs> yeah, that's how... That's how uh, tr- uh, Trump gun. <laughs> how drunk are you? Trump gun? <laughs> Top gun, too, is going to start with the volleyball scene. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised, to tell you the truth. It seems, <laughs> out of all the stuff from Top Gun, that seems to be the scene that's had the most... Right? It, it, like, that's the one everyone... Yeah, it's either the... the that's everyone references that the volleyball reference. scene or Val Kilmer smacking his teeth or whatever. Yeah. Well, there's also the uh, the pickup line scene. Yeah, but no, the, the volleyball one is, like, yeah. everything. To, to no, you know what's going to happen is... Tom, Tom Cruise, Cruise shredded him. Dude. Tom Cruise is gonna come in at some point and tell him, "I'll be your, you know, I'll be your wingman or whatever," and kind of do like the whole thing that. Uh, well, okay. No, no, Miles Teller is, is the, little, the little boy that's on her lap when they're. <laughs> yeah. There you go. But wasn't he that kid blonde? I guess yeah. he'd grow up and have dark hair. Hair would be different. Maybe he's dying it. Maybe he'll shave his head. That'll be height and tight. Well, it should be a height and tight. Well, not necessarily. Hide and tight? <laughs> Hide and tight. Hide and tight? Hide and tight? In space. <laughs> Just now we're talking in German. Hide and tight. Yeah, I like it. So anyways, what else you got for us? 
They found out yesterday that uh, artist Steve Ditko passed away. He actually passed away on July 27th. Um, although his body was not found. How is he? He passed away in July 27th? Or June 27th, excuse me. June 27th. Uh, his body was not found until June 29th. And the news just came out yesterday, the day before. He was 90 years old, best known for oh. co-creating Spider-Man with Stan Lee. Ditko was prolific in Marvel's early years working on Spider-Man and Doctor Strange. Ditko helped create some of Spidey's most famous rogue gallery villains during his six-year run on the title, including Green Goblin, Sandman, and the Lizard. Ditko actually left Marvel over a dispute with Lee, in which the reasons have never really been publicly stated. Surprise, surprise, somebody else left. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he did go on to work for Charlton and DC Comics for a time as well. It's an interesting story. I mean, not because Steve Ditko is one of the most you know, masterful guys, and he's one of the guys. That I, you, if you go to Marvel artists or, or any artist recently, you find more of them cite Ditko as an influence than Kirby. Right. He was never as prolific as Kirby, but he was also more technically sound, I guess, in some in some ways. The interesting thing for me is we, we it was in a shop, local shop today, we're talking about it and they said, Well it really brings a it really brings a, a, a it brings to mind you know that Stan is it's gotta be close and I said, Yeah, because he just wanted to outlive the two guys he hated. <laughs> so <laughs> the joke I've had for so long is Stan looking up at the sky like, I gotcha Kirby yeah I said on our thread, I had no idea that Ditko was still alive. Yeah. <laughs> I thought he had passed away. Apparently, he's still been creating, too. He's still been doing pages really? and stuff I like see, that. See, I didn't yeah. know that. I said he's been working almost up until the end. So, um, ahead of Comic-Con that will be in a week and a half or so, man, I think it's going to be just Ditko, Ditko, Ditko. Oh, yeah. Crazy. Well, in terms of trying to sell all Ditko stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I think you're going to see a lot of a lot of artists having Ditko tributes yeah, and yeah, stuff like that. And then the, the ghouls in the golden <laughs> well, section are going to be all the Ditko ones are on the back. I mean, they were anyway, but I it's don't funny. Know. It's funny we mentioned this yesterday because there's a great Simpsons when Bleeding Up's Murphy dies, and um, the the comic book guy has the album on yeah. on the wall, and Lisa wants to buy it. Yeah, and she says, "Oh, can I get it? It's the only way that I can get it and play it because he's passed away." Oh, he's dead. Takes it down, puts out the crosses out the price, and makes it double and puts it back up. And there's when talking about it with the boss yesterday, like, "Yeah, we're waiting to see what the ghouls will do with uh, with Steve Gitko's stuff. Is all of a sudden going to be massively more expensive?" Uh, yeah, I don't know how much more extra art you'll see because. A lot of the, a lot of doing the, stuff in the style. You, you sure, a lot of a lot of the artists they have already sent their stuff out to the printers. Oh no, I'm talking about guys who are sketching. Right oh yeah, there. okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll have guys that'll probably have live sketches that are sitting there. Yeah, in code no, you'll get all that style. stuff next year. Yes, yeah. along with all the tribute panels next year. Right. I think you can see a tribute panel this year. I mean, they got uh, the panels, panels get out pretty early. early. Yeah, unless well, something no, cancels. Next year, next, uh, next year, you'll see the the souvenir cover will be. It'll be him. Um, it'll be. It's, it's, it doesn't have to be. It, again, when they did. Um, oh my goodness. Kirby. Kirby. No, the one we Len went Wayne. to last year. Year before. Darwin Cook. Oh. Darwin's yes. Cook panel was late, in the night. It was. It was put together fairly quickly. Joke, uh, Jimmy Palmati and Amanda Connor were basically just reached out and said, "We need anybody that can come and tell a story." You've got that there. They're already there. It's not that hard to put that panel together no, to get know, seven people next to you that can tell a story. That panel was already existing, though. I know. So, but what what I'm saying is, it's still it's not that hard to do. There has to be a room. It may be Saturday night at eight o'clock, or it may be the impromptu part of the the Eisner Awards on Saturday or whatever. Now, see, I could I could see the Eisner Awards. I could see something. Oh, the Eisner something. Awards will totally have something. But. 
I when you're really gonna start seeing him is October at, at New York. Yeah. That one will definitely have a lot. I, I would I would not be surprised to see a panel pop up. That there's a pop up panel at a room somewhere. So there's a pop up panels. Yeah. Well, we gotta figure out how to get him to talk to hell <coughs> apparently. I figure out how to get into that damn DEZ thing. Huh? The the Tamahashi or DBZ North American Tour has uh-huh. a it has a replica of a martial arts tournament. Yeah, it's crazy. What day is that? Uh, I think it's there about that weekend. So yeah, because all the all the DBZ all the Tamahashi DBZ exclusives as we talk about Steve Ditko are um, they're uh, like North American Tour exclusives, so they'll be in extra pieces as they keep going. The Broly Cell and a Vegito. Um, the Ditko thing is is it, with him gone and Stan probably never really saying anything. It's never really been known exactly what the issue was. Ditko was a bit of a reckless. He was someone who didn't get interviewed very often. Um, didn't he wasn't really out there as much. He just kind of preferred to have right. Work, you know, he, he, preferred he wasn't to do doing work shows just, and yeah. stuff like that. It's not like Starenko or Neil Adams who have been in a hundred shows a thousand shows and have actually told their stories and what have you. I'm sure that there'll be some documentary that comes up that... There's probably already a documentary. Either that or after Stan dies, it'll end up being there. How much you think Stan's going to die? He's a robot. <laughs> You're going to put his head in the jar next to Walt Disney's. I do wonder, there's this ghoulish thought in the back of my head of wondering if the Stan Lee guys that are always in that corner will make it like you better get Stan's autograph now. Steve uh, Ditko just died. Kirby died like 15 years ago. Yeah. Thousand Oaks, by the way. Um, but you know, these guys are all, they're 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 falling. Go go back there and get the, the old man to sign yeah. your crap and turn around and sell it. Yeah, but I don't think he'll even be there. No, he would go there. I don't know. I He's mean, gotta sell his blood. <laughs> they have vials of it. It's like the guy in Vegas <laughs> that was like just playing out to cosplayers. Hey, you're this guy. I have a picture signed by the actor who played it. <laughs> you should buy it. <laughs> it's probably the same booth. Uh, what else you got for us? That's it. Short and sweet. And on and a sad note. Yep. Did you see Marvel's uh, tribute to him today? No, I didn't. I didn't hit all the articles. Oh, um, right. <laughs> no, they they just it was, right. it was just basically no, Marvel Studios. Right. Marvel Studios and Marvel, the, both their pages had Spider-Man. It was in the new, uh, it was in the uh, Homecoming costume. And he's got his head kind of lowered and it just says... You yeah, know, the Homecoming costume that Steve Ditko never wrote. Right. <laughs> never drew. Right. It says, it says thank you. Steve. It's like those idiots. <laughs> Stan Lee signed my Guardians of the Galaxy. He never worked on any of those characters at all. But he was in the movie. <laughs> he <had a laughs> Not really. He was in all of the movies. Not anymore. Yeah, he's not. He, when he, where, where is he in Infinity War? Um, he's the bus driver. Yeah. He's the bus driver. That, oh, that's right. Cool and he's in Ant Man. I'm not telling you where. You gotta look for it. Well, duh. Well, <laughs> you can't miss get it. That first, uh, get that first movie out. Until he's not in it. That will be Infinity War too. <laughs> No, you're gonna see him. That'd be a crappy thing. No, the first the, <laughs> the first shot of, of the first thing. shot of Infinity War is Stanley as the bus driver, <sighs> turning into dust, and that's how uh, they say he's never in another cameo because uh, that character is gone. Oh, that was bad. And yet it would be true. 
it would be bad if, if he passed before the second Infinity I mean, War comes out, and that's how they ended. Well, that's what, like, no, the after credit scene is all of the heroes standing there around the the gravesite. Like, and that's I have a feeling the end of Infinity War 4 is going to be... That's going to be, be his cameo in that one. Is just it's just his body? <laughs> <laughs> Shot on location at Stanley's funeral. It's the way she is. <laughs> Lord, they get all the actors to show the eulogize and everything, and they're like, "Okay, can everybody clear out?" Mr. Mr. Downey, Mr. Evans, can you please come in? We need everybody. No, wardrobe. I need all these guys in costume. They just stand around the crate. It's an open casket. They're all eating shawarma. Uh, that was the shawarma might be too much. Well, naked, that might be too much. Naked sushi, just dead shawarma. They're just eating shawarma off of. Shawarma is too much, but they shot. They shoot live at his funeral. <laughs> They're doing body shots off of his corpse. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think we should end it. You think we should end it there? <laughs> we should have ended it like five minutes ago. No, we, we had to get the shawarma's going too far, but shooting at his funeral is okay. So tell us, Chris, what's coming up? The next episode? The next episode. Next week? Are we doing an episode next week? We are. Okay. Please Why tell me we? we're not doing pre-Comic-Con. No. Those episodes blow. <laughs> we'll do our Ant-Man. Maybe. Maybe. That's too far away. Uh, speaking of Comic-Con, we are doing well, a panel. Well, you don't think Ant-Man's big enough to do an sh- uh, episode for? Well, he gets to be 60 feet, so... 63? 63, 63. Uh, Saturday, July 21st, 2 p.m. to 3 p.m., our Star Wars Declassified, uh, How a Galaxy Far, Far Away Impacts the World. We are doing another panel after taking a year off. We're at the Neil Morgan Auditorium at San Diego Central Library, which is cool because you don't have to have a badge to get in. Um, That's right. Yep. If you go to... Yeah, it's outside of it. No one was checking badges last time. I don't remember if there's anyone checking badges. Well, they also changed a lot with the the check-ins. I don't think think San Diego's really going to give a crap whether Nerdable... (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. You can't join the four other people that are inside. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's their... (laughs) That's uh, That's Mikey's fart in space. (laughs) Or was that you? That was me. You were, you were talking him that whole little spiel yeah. and farting. Dude, I'm, That's I'm multi-talented. He's a multitasker. I'm a multitasker. I can fart and do whatever. I thought that was Mikey just no, looking at on his face. I think you, the, posted, uh, you posted the map on our social media stuff, right? Um, kind of, but I'll do it again. Yeah, so we'll put the map up on our Facebook and, and Twitter. Yeah, I think the, the only part that they scan the badges is actually the main convention center. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I've never had to do it for anything that's off-site. So. Yeah. That's something people complain about. Yes. <laughs> They're like, oh, I can't get into the South Park experience because there's too many regular people coming. But you can come over to the classified. But you can come over to classified. I guarantee you it won't be full. We will not turn you away for <laughs> the classified. Actually, it's a really cool room, though. You know, it what if bit. someone does show up and they can't get in because we are full? And you guarantee that if we... They'll put them on the panel. We may have an extra slot anyway. <laughs> uh, what's your name, sir? Uh, Mike Do you want to tell people who are scheduled to be on the panel? No, because we <laughs> want to make sure. There will be people. Nothing super. I mean, not you can say that next fun. week. We'll say night. We'll save that for. We're next hoping week. we'll save that for when people show up to the panel. <laughs> so yes, we'll have people that are that are connected. Uh, the part of the, the panel is how um, Star Wars infects affects our <laughs> infects. guests. Infects. 
Well, it affects in a way, too. Yes. affects our guests' uh, personal and professional life. All of them have worked in, uh, around the Star Wars brand, whether directly or indirectly. And so it should be a lot of fun to, to listen to stories of people who've worked within Star Wars, how it affected them personally. You, know, you and I have done a declassified one before. We've talked about what, what Star Wars meant to us, how we came right. about how we discovered it, what it meant to us, and, and what it continues to mean to us. So. Which, by the way, I have gotten a few requests for us to do some more declassified. Yeah, well, we got a room. Yeah. And ding. There we go. Ding. There was a ding. <laughs> so, the show is over. Uh, so make sure you check us out on Facebook.com slash Nerdables. We're also on Twitter at Nerdables Show. Also check out our Facebook page.com slash Star Wars Declassified. I had to get that one in there. And for I do love that we just said we don't do the show enough. I mean, people to check it out. <laughs> go listen to the two shows we've done or whatever, the three shows we've done. But they can also go to our Facebook page because anything that's Star Wars related, we do put up on there. Yes. Instead of the... And then we'll copy it over to our Nerdables page. So, for Chris, Mikey, and Ethan, I'm R.A. saying we'll talk to you next week. Holy balls on a stick! Oh, oh no! <laughs> Oh, jeez! It's still recording. It is still All recording. Right. I want to hear what that sounds like on that mic. In oh, space. In space. Okay, that was-